0: Can you hear me is, i can is, hear you is this on is this are, are we, is this the show or we uh, hello hello is it <laughs> it's,
1: in show, it's in the show it's always the
0: show hey always be oh recording God, it's
1: just it's memes all the way down it
0: is memes it's we're popping the stack we're bumping the stack um i uh, uh okay so so i got i got stuff for us because we haven't this, this is a this is our first post-holiday uh show right so I got I got holiday stuff for you. I got uh,
1: well, I I I have I have an important new strategy um, for how we can get um, new listeners to the podcast.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Let's let's start all, there. All,
1: all we have to do is is move.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, so right, I mean. It, it worked. I, I I moved. I got uh, the guy that moved into my old house is a listener. Um, so oh. we we just have to do this. I don't know, Someone's like, calling. Four, so... five, six times an hour.
0: Right, right. So we get it. We nets could, us could, one. Right. Well, this is good. Um, one new <laughs> one new listener for every move. Is that what? The, yeah. The, yeah.
1: And, and we just have we clearly we. But it's like we just need to accelerate our rate of moving
0: so i i mean so I'm here's not sure this is actually sustainable. you know
1: as i think about this i'm not really sure this is sustainable <laughs> maybe i've i haven't maybe i haven't really thought this through
0: Why? we're just spitballing here I'm just just doing a you know you know I'm, I'm just workshopping something um it is it so but okay I, we, we do have to let the listeners in a, l- a little bit on this but is it are you sure it's that the the person that moved into your old house is a new listener or has he been a listener all along like like
1: I, that I don't right I don't
0: know. so um, so th- I see a flaw though right like that that move may not have netted us any listeners <laughs> it was <laughs> right right like it just highlighted got me,
1: got me a beer
0: yes it got you a beer and it highlighted that we had a listener possible or a new listener um, these two things are are entirely we don't know we this, this is a it's a scientific question that we can investigate I'm
1: sure let me let me read to you from the in, entire uh, conversation um hey name redacted thanks for leaving the stuff I uh, hope you received the box of filters. Uh, you know, they fit the filter in the kitchen faucet. And, and then I said, because at this point, I really wasn't sure why there was a bottle of Trogue's beer in the box. Right. And, right. And it was and we discussed this yesterday in the parts of the Risky or Not uh, episode recording that will never, ever be revealed because they're the part they're the they're the you know, they're the. They're the bits that you don't use yeah. <laughs> in making the sauce. <laughs> um, but anyway, I said, so the bottle of trogues was an interesting surprise interesting surprise, like, because I didn't know how to. I mean cuz I didn't know how to how else to phrase it. So and he says I got them and my son installed one last night, uh, meaning the filters. Enjoy and uh, and it's using Richard Fingers here. Enjoy the Mad Elf. That hits you pretty hard. I'm surprised your colleague finished the podcast while drinking. Them. Wow. <laughs> which which is some new information <laughs> I did not share with you yesterday cuz I was saving that for today.
0: I appreciate <laughs> that. And and I mean I'll I'll just say like I've I've I I have a quite, you know, a, a pretty good uh I, I, I have a lot of practice with the with the mad elf. I, you know, it's it's not it's not one mad elf that's going to knock me on my ass. It's two. That that that's the that, that's what I've learned. Um, well, this well
1: yeah. so what well, you're saying is you're an experienced drinker.
0: Yeah, yeah. With yes, I know what's I know how to not I know how to roll. Every once in a while, I do pull out probably the most cliched thing, Don. Where. Um, I maybe you know, I'll, I'll drink a few beers, uh, with, with other people. This is, you know, pre COVID time. And someone oh, will be this like, is,
1: you know, I'm, this, sorry, it's hard to interrupt. Oh. 11% ABV.
0: Yeah. yeah you, there's no mess. The mad elf. This is some serious beer. I'm telling you, you're not messing around with mad Elf. And this, this is, this is no Coors Light. This is no, this is not your father's Coors Light. This is, that's true. Um, every once in a while. And, and it, again, I haven't used this, this term, but it, but it'll pop into my head. You know, we'll be sitting around. Maybe it's a, a bunch of ho- hockey parents sitting in a hotel room lobby or not hotel lobby or, um, well, you know, we will having a fire in the backyard and, and someone will be like, whoa, I think we've drank a lot of beer. And I'm like, Hey, it's no problem. I'm Canadian. We're good. We're good at this. This is, <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's a little, t- exactly. Pitter patter. Uh, <laughs> So okay, I got I, I got some stuff for it for you. So that that was cool. Um, and uh, call out to name redacted, who now lives in Don's old house. Don't don't be creepy people on the internet. Yeah, don't please don't be creepy. Don't show up at Don's old house thinking that this is a food safety talk me- uh, meetup. It is not. <laughs> but but. Exactly. Also, if you, if, if
1: you are if you are in freehold and you want to do a creepy drive by, you can find the location where Bruce Springsteen used used to
0: live. So go hey, drive by that. Go house. exactly. Go do that. Go do that. If
1: you're, looking, if you're looking for a creepy freehold drive by.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do that. Do that instead. Um, we uh, so, but but also, I mean, call out call out to um, individual who purchased your house who is uh, also happens to be a listener. That's super cool. And 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 kind of gave you a little a, a nugget a treat that that's that a signal of hey i know i know what you yeah. do i listen to this yeah. here, here you go that was cool and yeah. Let me like getting, uh, I'll tell you, Matt Elf, it's not hard. It's not easy for me to find. So that's, that's also like a cool little Easter egg. I did,
1: I did reveal on the episode of the show that he listened to, I think where you could get it. Right. There is a very extensive uh ShopRite Liquor store, uh, that is now, you know, conveniently close to uh, the place where I used to live. So, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so I have, speaking of, speaking of beer, um, and mm-hmm. here, here we are in beer safety talk, uh, you, you and I share, um, we, 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 we signal each other I've used the word signal more times today than, than I normally would. Um, when, when we do, uh, workouts on our watch, right, we get, we send little messages cause, cause our watches mm-hmm. are set up to do that automatically. Um, have you noticed, have you noticed anything different about my workouts in the last six days at sure. all? Seven days. Have you seen anything? Well,
1: um, uh, let me let me reveal um, <clears throat> inside um, uh, Apple Apple Watch talk. Um, I I have not been wearing my watch for the last six days, and so unfortunately, the answer to your question is no. Whoa! And so the reason the reason why is um, so you know I, I don't know if you know this Ben, but I recently moved. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> okay. My, our life, our lives, our lives, all of our lives, my wife and my two lovely dogs, uh, our lives have been in a little bit disarray, of disarray. I am coming. I am recording today um, from uh, the three-season room in my new house. Um, which, and if you if you count up the seasons, um, we're not in a season where you could use that room, except I do have a little space heater. And and uh, if except when I'm podcasting, I'm probably walking on the treadmill, which helps a little bit. And and it is a nice room. It has a lot of sun coming in, uh, but it is a little bit chilly. But so things have been in a little bit of disarray, and it's been difficult to charge devices and whatnot but also um at one point i i have been so i've been wearing my apple watch for help with you know tracking my heart rate and things like that um a blood blood oxygen yeah um which is which is fine um but also helping with my sleep tracking and so i have been uh, leading up to the move i have been wearing the watch essentially about 23 hours a day and when i took it off uh, at some point to charge it uh, I noticed that it was. I was getting like a little bit of a rash mm. under where the watch uh, attaches to my skin, and so I said, "You know what? A new year, new house. Time for a change. I'm going to set the watch aside and <laughs> let my arm heal nope. from the spot the watch is lasering into my bone. No rash. <laughs> uh, that's a little. That's it. Yeah. So I. So I've been. I've been uh, watch free. And it's annoying. I really, I really like the watch. I'm definitely going back to wearing the watch. I probably need to do a little bit of research on the internet about, you know, how to care for your skin under the watch. Mm. Um, but I have not been wearing the watch, and so uh, and my skin, my my that that spot is. I'm looking at it right now. It, it's almost. I would say it's almost better. Um, and then the other thing too is that I have a a a. a, a a spot where I'm not tan, um, where the watch goes, um, which is not faded as rapidly. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, long story short, uh, I've not been wearing my watch and so I'm not aware, but please, Ben, um, okay. at least do tell me about your workout. I,
0: I will. So, so usually, um, Don, you know, uh, is wearing a watch. You, you, I'm not, I'm I'm talking to the listeners now, Don, uh, us, usually Don is wearing a watch, uh, and then, uh, sends me the, the pre-populated cheers every once in a while, which is hilarious. Right, because they're yeah. they are like the There's, funniest things, right? Yes,
1: they're kind of goofy.
0: If yeah, not, if you're not familiar with them, yeah, like go keep you know, go get them, bro, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so, just things that killed Don would it. never say, killed it, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I'm uh, I, I I've mentioned in in previous episodes that uh, I have some friends um, that are that are also uh, parents of of hockey players, and we have done this this race uh, across South Carolina in vans uh, called the Palmetto Two Hundred. But the Palmetto Two Hundred is not happening because we're in the midst of a pandemic, and putting oh, and, and,
1: and just just to be clear, this is not some Burt Reynolds movie oh. where you're racing across the country, you, you are racing and you have vans. You're not actually racing the vans. right? You're not racing the vans.
0: It is a running race. It is a, a running race. And so it's a, it's a, um, a, a relay. So, so the, the, the way that the race is set up is you have a, a team of six or a team of 12, and you run 200 miles from in the the one that we we've, we've done a couple of times goes from columbia south carolina to charleston south carolina and it's usually like in I think it's March, so it's it's kind of a nice time of year for us in in North and South Carolina for running. Like it may be cool at night, but it's certainly not going to be freezing, uh, and it's not going to be too hot during the day. Uh, and and you just you just go. So you've got these you know twelve people and and, and two big vans, and and you do it in in shifts where um, you drop a, a runner off at one. Um, you know, one stop and then the van races forward five or six miles and then the runner meets in there and then another runner gets out of the van and runs the next five or six miles like a relay is. So, so we, um, the same group of, of folks that have been doing this for a couple of years, the last year's was, uh, was canceled because of the, because of the pandemic. And, and so we, we did a virtual Palmetto 200, just our team, uh, sometime in, in like March or April, um, just to, to get out and, and, and do something. And it is, it's a really fun camaraderie kind of thing. People are really, you know, the, my, my, the, the folks like my, my people they're all just great folks to hang around, but they're also really encouraging and, and not everybody is like a super fast, like marathon runner. And I'm, I'm one of those folks who is not in that. I, I'm, I just, I, I try to run f- so I can drink mad elf. I, I, I'm running, I'm, I'm out running all of my beer consumption mm-hmm. um, as, as best as I can. Um, But, but uh, so we decided on January 1st that we would do this again. But last time, it, you know, we did 200 miles in three days and you're like, you know what? That's not bad. That's, but let's do something else. So we're, we're doing 400 miles in, in nine days. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're taking a, 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 virtual different route. There's actually another, uh, race called the two, not 200, which goes from Raleigh to Wilmington or somewhere on the, on the coast. So we're using that, that virtual route. And so it's, it's, you you can go online and see the, the different legs. And so we have this spreadsheet, of, um, of runners. And so, so Don, the, this is what I've been, wh- what I've been doing over the last six days. I will give you my total mileage since January 1st. And then I'm going to tell you some, some other things. So I have run as of right now, uh, 30.21 miles in the last six days or Whoa. yeah. say so, well, cause I haven't run today, but yeah. Um, the, the now, I'm not very fast. My 30.21 miles have been uh, run in a total time of six hours and three minutes. So uh, an average pace of, of 12.02, mi- 12 minute uh, and, and two seconds uh, per mile. Um, but I, um, <clears throat> uh, we, we, and I can't remember if we talked about this. I don't think we talked about it on the show, but a friend of the show, uh, Michelle Daniluk um, uh, Allowed my family to uh, uh, Go to Florida And stay at her house And she uh, uh, She was not there And, and we um, Had kind of like an... now,
1: I'm confused now yeah. Does that mean that she has to listen to your podcast Or you have to listen to her podcast
0: I think I think we have to listen to her podcast I think we're friends of her show Yeah <laughs> Um. Uh, Michelle, uh, Michelle, who we've mentioned many times, uh, she really graciously said, "Hey, I'm going to be out of out of town for a long time, and if you want to stay at my house with your family, go ahead and do it." And so we did that for you know for a, a week over uh, in between uh, the Christmas Day and and New Year's. But this race started on January first, and so I knew that I was going to be driving back to Raleigh from. From uh, where she lives in Florida, which is like a ten and a half hour drive, um, and uh, so I, I kind of made the, you know, the the you know, put put the, put a message out to my running team saying. Um, I'd like to actually run, I know we're starting on January 1st, but I'd like to run at midnight because on the next, I'm going to go to bed and then I'm going to get up and drive all day. And I don't want to you know, get out of the car and then have to drive or have to run like five or six miles. So, so that was, so I did that. So at, at 12 Oh one, I took my first leg of the year and ro- ran 5.69 miles. Um, in, 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 you know, not, not too much OPSEC, but in Lakeland, Florida in Lakeland, Florida. Oh yeah. Don, there's a lot of lakes in Lakeland, Florida. I
1: think the hint is right there in the name.
0: It's in the name. They named it after the thing that they have a lot of. Um, just like Raleigh is named after um, we have a lot of Sir Walter Raleigh's. <laughs>
1: uh. Well, you know, here's the thing, Ben, uh, not to not to compromise my OPSEC, but I now live in Milltown. Um, ah. There's not a
0: mill, but there used to be. Used to be a and mill, there, yeah. And
1: there is a, there is a river uh, that the mill uh, used to be on. See, so, that, yeah. there,
0: there you go um so it's a condominium now which which is is it called the mill condominium it's It's something like that yeah and
1: interestingly there used to be a mill there used to be a mill in freehold there was no river in freehold but there used to be a mill in freehold and you know what that mill is now it's also a
0: condominium mills is there is is there a springsteen song about how all the mills have become condominiums that and if there's not there should be they're
1: shutting the mills down right there's a
0: one Springsteen song about shutting the mills down shutting the mills down uh so <laughs> <a different song. laughs> so so at midnight i get up or not get up I, I put on my my running shoes and i go for a run and i i, I came into this this run this virtual run with really no training i mean i i have been running maybe two or three miles a couple of times a week but i wasn't I, i'll tell you now don i was not ready to run 30 miles in, in six days uh, or um so Uh, I, I, you know, decided to do this. I, I, I made some poor choices and I I didn't tell Michelle about this, but I came back and told Danny, I ran around, there's a big lake in Lakeland, which I ran around at like 1230 uh, in the morning on, on January 1st. And the one other thing that Lakeland, Florida has Don is gators, alligators and they Ooh. like to be around the water and so i ran oh, around shoot. A, yeah i do not i didn't, like literally didn't even think about it i didn't see any gators but i came back and i was like that was probably not a good good choice to to do that oh, I, I was well, just looking for some and, oh, and fly. You're right
1: at night right? yeah 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 middle of the night oh geez, no ben there's a, there's a, there's about three things wrong with that
0: yeah could have could have been dead could have been gator could have been eaten by a gator could uh, been... yeah yeah so well, so anyway, that that was be, the first don't leg do that again Ben. I'm not going to do that again. I'm just now getting you broke in as a podcast host. You <laughs> know, <laughs> <we're> just... <laughs> please take care of yourself. But uh, so I, I, I've been I, I've also made a commitment to get back into Instagram. So I've been taking pictures of, of beer because after every leg, I like to drink a beer. Um, and so uh, so anyway, that I, I I did that. But yesterday. I ran, um, and this is, this is me, I, I, I'm only sharing this with you because and not if the listeners want want to listen, they, they can. but I, I, I just like sharing things with you that are like personally reflective. And I ran 9.3 miles last night, and that is the most I've ever, ever in my life run in one sort of segment. And, uh, and I got up this morning and I thought I might not be able to walk upstairs to do the podcast. Um, but I'm, I'm okay. And, and I have, I have one final leg to run. Uh, I will be running 5.73 miles either late today or early tomorrow morning. And that'll get us to 412 miles total. And there, there are some super runners on my team. Like there's, this is where you get kind of humbled a little bit. So there's a guy on my team who has run 37 miles. In four hours and 47 minutes, I have run 30 miles in six hours and three minutes. That we, we may, we, we are, we are teammates, uh, in in all sense of the word, but he is way faster than I am. Uh, and that's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty humbling seeing some of these folks just go and, and, and like tear up their, their roots, but it's been fun. And it's one of those things that we like trying to, you know, continue in, in our lives to get some sense of, of our normalcy of what life was like before we were, we were all dealing with, uh, distancing from each other. And this has been a really fun, like start to the year. It's been, it's been like, I'm, I'm not one for, um, new year's resolutions, but I really thought like, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, what am I going to do? We're going to do this race. Great. Let me do this right now. Like 1201 let's go. So it was fun. It's been yeah, fun. and I,
1: I really, I mean, I, I like I like the whole idea, as you said before, um, with the van the van racing part. Um, but the fact that you guys have to, you know, can't do that now, and that that, but you still have divided this route up into these weird segments that you now are all personally responsible for. You you want to do your best, but you don't want to let your team down. I mean, I it's just it's a I just it's a it's a, it's a really it's a really nice idea. So I just I, I just want to say yeah, it's that's uh, that's really cool.
0: It's been it's been fun, and it is like you know the, there, there's lots out there on sort of the psychology of exercise and eating and, and mindfulness and healthiness and all that that stuff. Having um, you know, having some level of accountability matters, right? like you've got a goal. and here this race that you know, we' we're, we're everybody who's on you know who's on this team, we've all got jobs and we're all trying to well, I mean nominally, the other people have jobs that that involve like timelines that they don't control. Um, but but people are kind of like, um, you know, we're, we're all trying to trade off or making sure like scheduling it out. Like, Hey, I've got a, I got a meeting at this time. Can, can you try to get done before then? So I can go next. And we're really doing our best to, to try and do that. So it, it oh, wait, at, so,
1: so, so not only do you have to run your races, but you have to run, the, you have to run them in order. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we don't oh. want, we, we, we made a decision to not have two. um, like we're not going to have two runners on the course at a time. We're really trying to replicate this. So, yeah. So, so like last, last night, um, well, there's another guy on, um, uh, on my team who also is driving somewhere today, um, and, and had to go, um, so he was like, Hey, I, if, if you're going to get done. You know, are you going to run your leg, your 9.3 miles, which I want to highlight is, again, the, it's, a, for, yeah, it's a lot. Right. I'm Let's almost not kidding. forget, 9.3 yeah, miles. Not, 9.3 miles. Um, he's like, are you going to run tonight because I will then run after you, and then I can drive all day tomorrow. I'm just trying to plan, do I need to get up early yeah. and run tomorrow? And I was like, no, no, I'm going to run tonight so you can go. So, um, yeah, so we try to coordinate that kind of stuff um, so, as So well. tell me
1: again, what's the name of the race?
0: Well, so this one is called the Tuna 200. Um, I, I believe, Um, uh, yeah,
1: 200.
0: Yep. 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 And it's from the Malik series, miles
1: across North Carolina.
0: Yeah. And so we, this is not a, a, an actual route that I've done. Um, and, and mainly because, and you know, I mentioned this multiple times, but, uh, this is a bunch of, of hockey parents and this, this race is run over a weekend in October. And October is usually mid middle of you know hockey season, so we we always pick the um, Palmetto 200, which runs after the hockey season. So so we're not like you know conflicting with uh, you know kids running around at two different arenas or whatever. So, um,
1: so so no so I so so just to be clear, I see this tuna 200, and there's a 2021 race, and there's a 2019 race. But it says that the race was not run in 2020.
0: Correct. We are running the 2019 course. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. and not really the 2019
1: course, the 2019 y- yeah.
0: distance. Distances, legs, yeah. Legs, yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah. yep, yep, yep. And uh, yeah, so it's it's fun. There are, there are lots of these um, all over the place. Like I think Malik series runs – Um, you know, it's, it's the, they, they have a whole bunch of them. Um, there, there are some others that are, that are around. There's one that, that we investigated in, uh, Kentucky that, that is a, um, a distillery run. So all the legs end at distilleries, and then you get bourbon or other spirits, uh, while you're there, which also seems like a lot of fun. So, uh, but yeah, it's cool. It's one of these things that I never like five years ago, if someone was like, Hey, do you want to get in a van with, you know, two vans with 12 other people and run across South Carolina be like, no, I, I don't, I really don't want to do that. Um, and, but after doing it a few times, <laughs> yes. it's been great. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. a lot of fun. So, uh, cool. and, and it's, and it gives you this, like, you know, this goal of, you know, just try, you, I, you don't want to let your team down. Um, you, we, we, um, I, I don't want to be running at, like, I don't want to have to walk, you know, six miles. I want to make sure that I'm able to complete my leg and, and keep us on pace and all that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, anyway, it's a lot, of, it's been a lot of fun. So, um, so anyway, for, for listeners, check out my running and post running, um, uh, pictures of the beers that I'm drinking on Instagram. Cause that's where I'm, where I'm placing them. Um,
1: all right. And can you, so Insta, not
0: Instacart, Instagram, Instagram. can you
1: send me maybe a link to your page? I think page? I can.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's barf blog, Ben, uh, on, on Instagram. I will do that. And oh, we'll throw I, can, I can, I can find that barf blog, Ben. Yeah. There um, we go. yeah. So we, so we've been doing, we've been doing that. Uh, we, uh, my kids are now back in, in school um and not not in person but but virtually just like just like they were and and now i don't know if you've had the same situation don because you had you had some chaos of moving um i don't know if you mentioned that you'd moved um <laughs> but but has it felt so and and let's let let's suspend let let me let's pretend i asked you this question before yesterday um mm-hmm. but but has it been like a a a a weirder transition back to post holidays for you because you didn't go back anywhere and, and it wasn't like I've, I've, I've felt really odd about like, Hey, Monday came around. I've got stuff on my calendar. There are things I want to do, but my transition, you know, normally is like, there's a bunch of people socially who I haven't seen on campus. And I'm probably going to, you know, say hi to them. And then there's a bunch of folks that I'm, you know, that, that they're going to ask you about what you did over the, over the holidays. And, uh, and, and there's a, a more abrupt transition in, in my life going from, you know, sleeping in every day and, and being at home and then not doing that. And this year is not like this transition back has, has felt different and also like lighter or something like it seems like many people took a bunch of time off so so there wasn't a lot of like email that trickled in over the holidays that was waiting there at you know 8 a.m on on monday morning so i don't know have you felt like your yours is kind of a different situation because you had like you're you're moving and your floors are getting worked on so but is it has it been i don't know has, has that transition back been different
1: You know, it's hard to tell because it's like a, it's like a, it's not really signal to noise, but it's like, there's not a baseline, right? Mm. Because my, my baseline would have been if I hadn't moved, but instead I moved and things are in boxes and stuff is not where it's supposed to be in the house. And the dogs had to go to the kennel and we can't really put the dogs in the backyard because, well, we can put one of the dogs in the backyard, but the fence is not secure. And, uh, the trash goes out on a different day. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, All these—it's like and, you're on vacation. And we can't go to our regular grocery store. And we and oh, I, I texted you and and our writing buddies friends about my saga of trying to get food, takeout food, where I went to three different places and then ended up coming home <laughs> to right. to make something that was in the freezer. I mean, so life is just up and. What I really, what I really want, <laughs> <what> I want <laughs> um, is a, I really want like another, I, I want a break. I want a holiday break. Yeah. I didn't have a holiday break because we were moving. And so, and I really, yeah, re- really what I would like is just to, to, you know, to not really work. <laughs> but, right, right. But uh, work has to be done and, and meetings have to be held and students need care and attention. And I love, oh, my, I love, I love my students and I love working with them. And oh, Jesus, Ben, I over, I over committed On Reviews and so I've got a ton of reviews that I need to do and I'm not finding time to do them and I stepped down as an editor but foolishly I stepped up as an editor for two other journals now and they each use different websites and those websites are different from the website I used to use and so now I've got you know stress of reviewing manuscripts and then and stress of um, uh, uh, Handling manuscripts as an editor and I foolishly, for Records Cooperative Extension, I agreed to do a uh, training session on getting th- getting things done, um, which is a which is a God. tool for getting things done, Ben. and i'm I'm a total poser.
0: <laughs> You're not getting <laughs> my, things done. My, my,
1: <laughs> you know, in inbox zero, tell me about it, right? More <laughs> like uh, more like inbox one hundred and sixty, am I right? Um uh, you know and so I, I i i but but i'm fine right i'm i'm fine i have i have a lovely house i have a, this, is, this is this is my beautiful house uh, this is my beautiful <laughs> house. Um, uh, and and it everything's fine but but i do i do feel like there is a certain level of chaos in my life that is not going to, oh, and and I don't know if you know this, Ben, I'm, I'm part of a couple of different grants. Right, right. (laughs) I've got stuff to do for, Michelle's grant is moving, your grant is up and moving, and there's a lot of moving pieces and people are depending on me. Ah, yeah. So, um, what was the question? I
0: think, I mean, I think you answered it.
1: Uh, I I didn't, I didn't really take a break over the holidays, but I, but here's the thing. I don't, I like, you know, and Dan, Dan Benjamin, I think, is famous for saying that he just he just wants to work all the time. And I kind of do, too. I, I don't uh, I you know, I'd like to <clears throat> I'd like to magically wave a magic wand and get rid of a lot of these emails. But that they still have to be. Answer- oh, and the other thing, too, is like this is a, our big time. Well, so. Uh, well, uh, yeah. So there's a pandemic going on. I don't know if you know that, Ben. Uh, and I'm in charge of a, the covid safety committee for the department. And we had somebody come down with covid. And we need to, and we're bringing students back for labs in the spring and we've got to have a COVID plan. And mm-hmm. the good news is I've got a draft of that plan. I just need to polish it up before the faculty meeting tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, and there's just, uh, yeah, I got a, a new student joining my lab who just came up from India. And so I've got to, you know, kind of get her situated and acculturated. And then, yeah, so things are, there's just a, there's just a lot going on, um, so oh yeah so anyway I would have liked to have had a break a vacation but it's okay because I don't really take a vacation anyway so I I don't I don't really have a point here Ben no no <laughs> except You except to say I'm really I'm glad I'm standing here in my my beautiful uh, three season room uh, the heater is warming my toes and I'm talking to you so right now that's all
0: that really matters I I think no but I think you are I mean I think that that is kind of my you know my my question about this because I, I think for for me. I I I hit a level of overwhelm overwhelmedness. That's a, that's a word, right? I I was very yeah. it, it was very oh. overwhelming. And and I felt in the fall that I was going and, and actually not even just the fall, I think there was there was this slow trickle of um adjusting to a new normal of scheduling. And that new normal of scheduling included the um the ability to have you know, seven or eight meetings back to back to back to back, be, and and they all for for whatever reason had to be a, an, an hour because that's what what Zoom wants you to do, right? And and and, and so I I was going very much from like you know a, 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 a no no time to think and and step away, and 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 over committing to to a whole bunch of things because I don't like and and, and I I think you. You kind of hit on this earlier. I think it's because it's like it's like with the reviews, right? Overcommitting on the reviews because they kind of have to be overcommitted on, right? Like someone someone has to do them, and and it doesn't have like it doesn't have to be me, but I I can do them. I, I'm not sure what's yeah, happening yeah. in the in the background behind me. It sounds like there's a fight between one of my kids and my wife. Uh, oh dear, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but that. Oh, but you know yeah. one, I, one thing I did, I
1: did turn down is there was an opportunity to serve on a USDA panel, a grant panel, <laughs> I <think> um, <laughs> and I didn't have time to do that. And I, I sent a very nice and sincere apology saying, I know this is so important and but I am just really feeling overwhelmed, which is probably it's probably uh, it's probably the first step <laughs> in, yeah. a 12, in a 12 step program to getting, uh, you know, back to back to getting things done.
0: Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and... But but you know for for how I I think you know maybe how you dealt with it was you you moved so you filled up your time with other things that weren't work related on purpose yeah. um, and 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 I and I really like made a a cognizant decision of, to not move um, this this holiday season uh, even well, though it and gets also, us a little also
1: to really sincerely disconnect. I and did I have to
0: say I'm really
1: I'm very much in awe of well honestly of all all three of you my writing buddies you and Michelle and Linda I think you. You guys all very successfully disconnected and I disconnected from work, but I had, I filled my world with, with moving stuff. Um, but you guys all did re- a really good job. I think of, of, and, and I, and I think honestly too, you, you and Michelle both and Linda to a certain extent too, because she's department chair, right? You guys all are real. You were really c- cranking on all cylinders. Right up until the holiday break, so it's, whereas it, I was just sort of doing my usual stuff.
0: Yeah, you're always cranking on all cylinders. Uh, I, uh, I mean, like- well, and and I, it, like, for for me, it was it was just really good. And I didn't come back. Like I think the part of the the nice part of the transition was I didn't. I really did have felt like I I got a break. I and and I I feel good coming back. I, I'm way more engaged. I'm, I don't feel like I'm running from th- from thing to thing. I don't know how long is that like how long that's going to um like how long that's going to wor- uh exist for but but I feel good right now like I and I and I'm trying to really make sure that that I'm staying on top of the you know the emails and the things that are that are piling up quick you know quickly but also blocking time for writing in my calendar and blocking time to work out in my calendar um and and not feeling the necessity to if, if I'm going to try and chat with someone and I, I, you know, I think this is the, the, the transition that I'm, that I've, I've learned before I didn't need to schedule a phone call for an hour, right? Like I could get the thing that I needed done in a phone call in, in a much shorter amount of time, but, but there, there just seems to be a propensity. And I think, I, and I've seen this on, on the internet and other people have talked about this, but I, I'm certainly feeling it that, that if it was, if it's a, 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 a meet me or whatever, you know, whatever it is that we're going to call, um, you know, a, a zoom meeting or, or, you know, Microsoft teams that it, 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 it automatically populates an hour and then you feel like you've got to fill it. I'm like, no, no, we can do this in 15 minutes and then we will move on to something else. Um, and so, so that like that, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to be more, um, uh, purposeful with my, with my time and it's, and you know, so far it's working, it's working out. Um, so anyway, I uh, I do. I got some like. I mean, we can w- we could transition to some food safety stuff if you wanted. <laughs> well, we've, we've been we've we've been caught talking for thirty five minutes, so
1: uh, we should probably talk about food safety stuff. And 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 honestly, I, you know, yeah, and I, well, we have the pot anyway. Podcasts in general, and oh, I'm trying to think what it was. Oh, that Merlin had a really good tweet about about podcasts. Oh, you know, uh, here's the thing. So apparently. Oh, I don't know if you know this, Ben, but but um, Democrats, just a little bit of politics safety talk here. Uh, Democrats. Um, well, a lot, a lot, boy, a lot of stuff happened this, earlier oh. this week. So we're recording this on Thursday, January 7th. Um, there was a, a, a runoff election in Georgia on the 5th, and then there was some stuff that happened in our state's uh, our state's capital, our country's capital. Well, my country's capital, the country <laughs> <laughs> in, in Washington, D.C. on uh, yesterday. But but. There was an interesting little side thing where people were discovering that uh, John Ossoff, apparently who was one of the Democrats who won, um, was a podcast listener back in uh, 2014, and apparently <laughs> listened to some shows that you and I love. So oh, um, I didn't that know that. Oh, you know, so I'll find I'll try to find Merlin's tweet about this. But anyway, Merlin, as always, um, just at. Uh, 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 just a real, um, you know, just a, a a light in my life in terms of how to think about stuff. And he's always got something, he's always like one step or two steps ahead of me. And he says something, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I think about it and a couple months later, I'm like, yeah, he was right about that. So anyway, so yeah, so I'll find Merlin's tweet about John Ossoff and, and about podcasts, but yeah, so podcasts are interesting because sometimes there's content and sometimes there's podcasts where it's two white guys looking at the internet and talking and, and that's okay. And if, and if you don't like that, Skip over this part or maybe don't listen because this is what the this is what the show is. Yeah, right right, right. <laughs> in the show, in the show.
0: Yeah, and and I mean You know going going back to, to things that we've talked about lots we would we, we kind of do this show for us not not for you But we love you the listeners uh, oh, But it's oh, but yeah
1: for the best listeners just want to say like pe- people who've reached out to us on Twitter um, We have just got some of the best listeners and so thank you. Thank
0: you for listening. Yeah, ab- absolutely well um. So, uh, I, I maybe. So, we should we should we talk about beans? <laughs> oh gosh. Well,
1: we talked a little bit about beans and can openers. Um, in the <laughs> interstitial, recordings of risky or not. We did. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't really have too much to. S- I kind of said what I wanted to say to you. Maybe even yeah. some of it made into, into a show. But I. I don't really have too much more to say. I. I except so... except I. I, I I have just
0: the utmost respect for for John and all that he does. Yeah,
1: and, and I'm so proud to as a guest.
0: Yes, yes, and and there the, and you know, f- folks can go find this on on their own. But but also, the website Twitter is a terrible place, and and it, it it's a place that um, it makes it really easy for not, no context piling on of, of individuals. And, 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 and that's it in a, you know, sometimes that, that works and sometimes it's, it's really terrible. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It it was, it was a very, this, this week out of all the weeks that I've experienced in 2021 has been a very odd week. Maybe, maybe, maybe also in all the 2022 and 2020 weeks that, uh, we will experience, uh, in in, and have already experienced, but
1: remember when we thought 2020 was bad. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, Right. How about my favorite tweet that I saw yesterday was this will make you feel old. Today is still today. (laughs) Today is still happening or something like that. It's like, this is all still today. Uh, so I'll, yeah. Oh, so
1: let me just read read Merlin's tweet, which I think is, and we'll link to it as well. Um, and this is somebody talking about. Um uh, Ossoff and podcasts and Merlin's reply uh, or or quote tweet. This may become less fraught when we accept that there are topic podcasts and voice podcasts, let alone radio person podcasts versus writer podcasts versus performer podcasts. They can each be great, so it strikes me as lame to cede the point that medium equals equals genre. Mm. Yikes! Mm. Oh, and the other thing too. While we're talking about great podcasts, I do want to say if you. Um, if you like, um, well, the, the, another podcast that I, that I s- sometimes dip into that I am currently dipping into is, um, the, the talk show podcast with John Gruber, which is nominally about Apple stuff, but the, uh, the December 31st, uh, episode is a star Wars Mandalorian holiday episode Ooh. with uh, guy English and John Syracusa. I don't know if you probably, you know, John, a uh, guy is a, a tech tech guy from, from Canada. Um, uh, and they have a wonderful conversation about Christmas and star Wars. So I will also give a shout out to them for doing that, which means that, you know, a podcast don't have to just be about one, one thing. And I have to say as much as, as this podcast has been influenced by, by Merlin, it is most definitely also influenced by, um, uh, John uh, Gruber and the stuff that he does with the talk show. Right. Right. There you go.
0: Well, and so uh, that's a really cool, I mean, it's a really cool quote. And as you're reading it, to me, it made me think about my love of Hunter S. Thompson, not as mm. a as a content writer, but just as a prose writer. Right. Like 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 I, I enjoy I don't care what the content is, the con- you know, the, the none, none of it really um, none of it really appealed to me as a story. But the way that it was written was the most interesting thing that I I think back to all the time. Um, and have revisited a bunch, a bunch of those books just for pleasure reading of prose. Um, so yeah, it, and I, I think that's, you know, it, 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 that, that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing with, with podcasts is they are. You know, they're they genre independent, and you look for look to get different things out of different different ones. I guess I I I'm gonna give a shout out to two podcasts while we're on uh, podcast uh, uh, safety talk. Um, one is uh, the podcast Criminal which I've mentioned before, and uh, this is one that Danny really likes, but there was a really good... You, you mentioned something about Burt Reynolds doing a race across um, the country. There was That a, would be Smokey
1: and the Bandit.
0: Yeah, well, so... But there's also can, um, Cannonball Run. Oh, uh,
1: yes.
0: Yeah, and there is a uh, criminal episode that I listened to uh, before the holidays and then a second time with the kids as we were driving to Florida called Cannonball, and it's about the... Um, so Criminal is all about like, you know, people breaking laws. And this was about the, you know, the original cannonball run idea of, um, you know, sort of breaking the speed limit uh, as, uh, you know, without getting caught, but driving from New York to L.A. And so it's it's a really ex- excellent idea. Um, uh, episode. I, one of my one of my favorites that I've that I've heard of, heard of. So we'll link to that. In- cool. Well,
1: I, I, yeah, I found it. We will link to
0: it. Perfect. And then the other one that I want to give a shout out to. This is more uh, the always be promoting uh, aspect, but there is um, there, there's a, a a fantastic podcast called Gastropod, um, and it's. Uh, uh, Cynthia Graber and Nikki Twiley um, are the co-hosts of that and they do they do a really good job of telling stories from lots and lots of different angles and so I was on a, an episode of gastropod also that that aired right before the the holidays um, called the episodes called the brightest bulb and I you and I talked a little bit about this um, when we recorded this uh, episode it was way back in February about doing some some knockout studies uh, with old old recipes and letting them sit in, and, and, uh, and I'd be by old, old recipes, I mean like Mesopotamian recipes. Um, yeah. but, but we did so, so that, that, Uh, episode finally finally came out and and it's about some some research that um my friend rob dunn and i are doing uh and and are sort of like you know the the podcast kind of tells the story of the research and we just got a bunch of data back from some whole genome sequencing so we're 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 working on the on the manuscripts uh right now so so anyway check out gastropod the brightest bulb if you want to hear you know, a twenty second clip of me, but also hear a really cool story uh, uh about <laughs> garlic. <laughs> are you really only on it for twenty seconds? I don't know, like a minute or something. But there's a lot of different things that are that are going on in this. Um and uh but it was it's great. Like it was one of so if you listen to to Gastropod, they they construct stories. It's usually not like an interview kind of thing there's there's probably six or eight voices in a story in, in every episode telling a story of a big sort of question and this one's about it's about garlic and, and our study is only one sort of slice of it, of it. so it's it's pretty cool cool yeah and cool. and it's one of those ones where like my my worlds um like collide where you know friend uh, a a friend of mine from from college sent me a message like oh my gosh One of my, I, you know, one of my favorite, uh, podcasts and he wasn't talking about food safety talk. He was talking about gastropod. He's like, you were on it. (laughs) I was like, I was, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, that was, uh, you know, that, that, that I, we have that too. Um, uh, so I, so I, I have a big question for you today. Sure. If if we're if we're ready to to move into the the world of food I safety, I think we're
1: finally ready to move to food safety. Okay,
0: so one thing that you and I do a lot of, I, and probably without thinking about it, is is work with friends, especially those in the food industry, to help them evaluate what's being sold to them, and and I I, I wanted to. I, I'm, I'm gonna walk through a couple of examples of where this happened uh, for me in in the last uh, couple of years, but but I I guess like my thought was to 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 act, like get your um get your thoughts on how do you approach this and 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 so you know whether it's a, a technology that someone's trying to sell them that's about disinfection or a training program that is going to change all of their um, you know their employees minds and make make you know make food safer there's a lot of there's a lot of sales out there and I, I just wanted to like you know get your get your thoughts on what what do you how do you how do you approach those types of questions
1: That's a it's a good question actually it reminded me of something else that happened uh, recently so as as you know uh, you and I have been working with this company uh, called Grignard, and they have a product called Grignard Pure, which which is uh, hi- hypothetically or uh, ostensibly a air disinfection technology. And I was on a – I was going to say I was on a podcast with them. I was on a <laughs> phone call with them, not a podcast. Um, and the issue came up talking about safety. It's like how can we be sure that this product makes the air safe? Yeah. I'm like, well – you know, my brain is broken in a way that I can't think about safety. I have to talk about risk, right? And and so there is no, there is no, and again, discussions about dose response. It's like, well, the, there's a, it's a, it's, and I still think there's people that there's most people just don't understand this, right? It's like, well, there is no safe dose of. SARS-CoV-2. You could get sick from a single particle, but the more particles that you ingest, and perhaps to some extent how you ingest them, um, that changes your, your probability of illness. So I try, it's, it's kind of a little bit like the thing, if you give a small boy a hammer, right? Except for me, it's the hammer is risk assessment. I, I, always look at things through the lens of risk assessment and through probabilities and things like that. And so when I'm having, when I, and again, this is the whole premise of our other show, I think risky or not, where we try to break this down and to say, okay, so what are the factors, that drive the risk up? What are the factors that drive the risk down? One thing that I think is always is useful if, if you can do it, and you have to be a little bit careful about it, but how how does this risk compare to other risks that we already tolerate, right? And again, it occurred to me, I woke up this morning and I was thinking back about this this Grignard phone call the, the day before, uh, and it suddenly occurred to me, you know, I, I should have just used the, the seatbelts analogy, right? Mm-hmm. Like cars are not safe, but, and so we have seatbelts. Do seatbelts, uh make you safe no they make you safer they lower the risk right and so we accept the risk of driving in a car just like we accept the you know the risks of of, of many many things and so to try to frame it in that risk context and think about risk management and the other thing too that people uh, this is the, the, sort of the other beat of this same story is like well What's the right log reduction? Well, the right log reduction—that's a risk management decision. There's no there's no amount of science that's going to tell you the right number because there's always going to be, you know, again to to quote uh, <laughs> Spinal Tap, you know, just go to eleven. It's one more, right? It's one louder. Just just go to one more log reduction. You know uh, that that's that's so. There's no anyway. Th- did I answer your question? Well,
0: I, I mean a little bit. I, I you know okay. I what well, you know I I think I think for for me what i'm often trying to do is start with and and i think this is where where you're the the safety conversation versus risk i i want i want to see some sort of data right like i want to know if someone's going to sell me something or sell my friend something what what is it supposed mm-hmm. to be doing and and how do you know that it's doing the thing that you want it to do, right? Like, does the data that they have match up with what you are wanting it to do? Whether that's a disinfectant, you know, process or or or, or, or a training program, you know, what like like this is going to make your world safer, right? Because we're in the world of of food safety. Well, tell me what's the metric? How how did you what what kind of data do you have to show that? And and I've I've had this happen like probably 3 times this week and then you know back in december probably 5 or 6 times where i looked at some 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 sort of like pilot or scientific study that that had some had some data but it wasn't the data that i would want to see like like it would it would it's not how and this is this is the struggle i think uh, of a um from from an academic perspective i, I maybe I have a, um, a preconceived notion of what I would do to show you that this thing works, right? And, and that might be a different way than someone else is, is going to do it, but it should be, like, comparable. You know, if, if, we're, if we're looking at something that is supposed to help me with norovirus, well, you should give me some data about norovirus surrogates, not ATP, you know, not not to be like too much. You know, on the nose. Just tell me about what what it is. What are, what am I controlling here? I should be able to sh- demonstrate that there is like that. There's efficacy in in here some somewhere. The other thing that that I it's I've become acutely aware of, and what I wrote the note down um, about this that I wanted to talk to you about was in in the world of risk managers in the food industry. I don't think that they're as good as we are at comparing methodology or even asking, how did you do this, right? Like, like very much results oriented. Show me, show me the log reduction that you got. Great. And, and I think from, you know, I, I approach some of these things like I would reviewing a paper and I want to know, are we even using the right methods to, to get those results? Are we using things that are comparable? What is what was the situation that it was under? Tell me about what you know. Did how how are we controlling things? What do we know that all of the things like that the results are actually because of the thing that you're trying to sell me, or are there other external impacts? And I can really only get that by looking at methods. And so I I kept like tabulating as I was looking at some of these technologies the amount of times that. The methods weren't included. That there might just be a PowerPoint that shows here's what log reduction looks like over time. But, but I mean, I I don't it doesn't that that result doesn't matter if I don't know how you got there. And and that you know more and more it, it, it's it's a COVID aspect of this, but there's there are other food safety technologies out there. I I'm trying to think of a better way for us in the in the academic world to help our colleagues in the non-academic world like evaluate these things, and and what are the tools that that we have that we need to be able to share with them, or what are the tools? And maybe that's not even realistic. Maybe it's not. How do I make them better at, at evaluating things? But what what are the things that I need to do, and then tell them how I'm doing it? So so it it these are the questions that they need to ask people the next time a technology comes comes into place. And I it's and I, and I think it's it's varied, right? Like I'm 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 giving you like some generic. Um, questions, but I, I or you know examples, but I think that you know the folks that i'm I, I've been working with on some of these things, they're they're scientists just like you and I are. They're just not not looking at it day in and day out like a, um, that you know from from a methods and, and control and, and and results. And I don't and I'm having this like existential crisis because I'm like, well, I don't want to set up a uh, I don't want to set up a, a scientific study that would go into peer review to answer this question but i also kind of want to set up a scientific study to, that would go into peer review to answer your question right like like i think it's but but, but it's maybe not practical to do that all the time so so i, I don't know does that does that sort of clear up what i want to what i'm asking oh, you about
1: yeah absolutely and it, it brings up a couple of things for
0: me so one
1: is have you included the appropriate scientific controls right and to to harken back to the grignard pure discussion like it's not just enough to put virus in the air and then, and then to evaluate the effectiveness of the compound because guess what? Virus in the air will settle out over time. It may become inactive over time. So you need appropriate experimental controls. And it also reminded me of another paper uh, that we published in um, Journal of Food Protection uh, on looking at the effectiveness of a commercial produce wash on bacterial contamination of lettuce, right? And, and what we one very important aspect of that evaluating this compound is to also evaluate. So this, this is a, a, uh, a peroxyacetic acid compound that you mix with water, right? And so you're using this PAA and water mixture to disinfect or to reduce the contamination on lettuce, which is fine, but it's not just enough to show that this product reduces the contamination on lettuce, right? You have to also compare water, which is the product without the active ingredient, right? And then the other thing that we discovered was that you, the and, and we're looking at naturally contaminated heads of lettuce. And so um, if you just to average all the data together, you don't see a difference. But if you look at the heads that are more highly contaminated, right, that are further above that detection limit, then there actually is a beneficial effect. And so having those raw data or having those experimental controls are, are so important. And the other thing, too, and I wish I w- someday we'll be able to talk about this paper and link to it. But uh, I had recently had a paper accepted uh, written by and we've talked about it before on the podcast as well, written by John Boyce and myself, basically doing a critical analysis of the literature of hand washing and hand sanitizers. And this is a topic that, you know, is perennial on this podcast that we've talked about a lot. And people often say and this is, again, true in the pandemic as well. I heard it on the our, our chancellor's um, uh, webinar this morning about it's how important it is to wash your hands, but no mention of use of hand sanitizers. Right. And, and it's like, yes, but you know, we know that people don't always wash their hands. We know in food service, people don't wash their hands. And so John and I would like to see an opportunity for people to use hand sanitizer in some of those applications, especially where the hands are not dirty. Right. Uh, but people insist that, oh, no, 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 it has to be 20 seconds, and it has to be done this way, and you have to do it under all of these reasons that are mentioned in the food code, and it's like, well, that's fine. You can stand on that pedantic soapbox, and you can dictate all of those things, but what I can tell you, and what is amply shown by multiple studies in the literature, people don't do that, right? So let's start with the fact that people are not washing their hands as much as they should. So what should we do about that? Well, maybe we should yell at them. Maybe we can put electroshock collars on them so that if they don't wash their hands when they're supposed to, they get a shock, right? There's a lot of things we can do to increase compliance, but maybe what we ought to do is make it easier for people to disinfect their hands, right, or to get to remove or to to eliminate bacteria on their hands. And and we've seen, and again, and and this is why John was a perfect collaborator on this, he was part of a team that basically led to the revisions. Vamping of the recommendations for alcohol-based hand sanitizer use in hospitals, and and lo and behold, what did they see? They saw increased compliance. They didn't see any negative effects from this. And so, uh, I think it's high time that we consider this in, in food service. But how do you how do you go about? explaining that to people right. um, who just want like a, a simple problem it's like well you know it, and then the joke the joke on on this podcast is it depends and it's complicated and it's and whereas we're not allowed to do that on the other podcast but we have to do a little bit of that to get to the point where we want to be and so yeah, I mean, it turns out Ben it's it's actually the the world is kind of a complicated place and 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 there's 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 things that we have to there's that being a scientist means that you have to think about these things and you have to think about well, let's not let nature um, let's not let nature fool ourselves. I was listening again listening to a podcast the other day and I don't remember now which one uh, But talking about this idea that science progresses uh, one funeral at a time and It's not because the new ideas win out It's because the people that hold the old ideas pass on and and then the younger people come in that that are not sort of um, you know, so it wedded to that dogma, and then we can we can actually eventually have progress. So, anyway, that was a long digression. No. I think I got a little bit off topic, but but those are the things that come up for me when you ask the kind of questions that you're asking.
0: No, and and I think that I, I mean I think that nails it. I, I think the the other piece that complicates this is that someone is you know being marketed to, right? Like like oh, some, right. someone wants to sell. So so all of the you know, if if you want to do a good job selling something, you don't want to talk about the shortcomings of the thing that you have and and the questions that that someone asks, you, you know, maybe you've got some answers for and you do a little diversion. And it's not like, I don't know, it's it's not um, yeah, it's not insidious. I don't know if that's even the word that I'm that I want. It's not like on purpose to try and be like sneaky, but you know asking some of these questions and showing me how you did it and setting it up automatically puts people on the defensive right and and then wow. it gets weird in in some of these these conversations you and you and I and I'm not going to go too much into details but we're sort of part of reviewing something about epidemiology of spread of uh COVID-19 uh as it relates to one of the sectors that that we work with and um, the, the author of, uh, of a, of a quote study, um, got, got real, I don't know, it wasn't aggressive, but it was just super defensive when I started asking a bunch of questions that, that would be the same questions that I would ask of a paper that I would review. And, and then it gets, you know, and, and I could see it on the other side. If I'm, if someone's really pushing me on the stuff that, that I have, and I'm missing something. I I might you know I might get defensive as well. But it's a, I, I guess the the point of me wanting to bring this up was, for for some of the listeners that are that are out there that are, that are constantly bombarded with these new magic bullet things or technologies or just you know science that's going to help move move things forward. Ask lots of questions you know, uh, lean on folks like, like Don and I to, to help if, if you, if you need, need that. Um, but, but also like be skeptical about stuff. There's so much out there. And especially right now when we're all in crisis mode, we're I think all looking for the quickest possible end to all of our, you know, our, our current, you know, COVID-19 and pandemic problems. And, and unfortunately there aren't any of them right now. Like they just, right. they just don't exist. Um, and so we've got to be really skeptical and, and and put the the time into to questioning all all the stuff that's out there.
1: Yeah, and I and I think there's there's sort of there's two there's two really interesting points. Um, And one of which you actually you you touched on both of them But I want to just take a minute and and talk about each of them in turn and one is this idea of capitalism Right, and I I have to admit, you know, as I've said before my brain has been broken by those those chapo guys Um, And I don't agree with everything that they say, but I find it's very useful to listen to their point of view but you know at the same time I also listen to um, uh, Rick Wilson who's part of the Lincoln Project so reformed Republican and so I like I like and I occasionally I will even go into the weird maga twitter world just to kind of see what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> Just because I feel it's important to know, like what people are saying. Right. Um, and then to try to try to get out without completely losing my mind. But, um, but but capitalism. Right. Like like we have a capitalistic society and the objective of capitalism is to sell people stuff. Right. And but if, if that stuff purports to make your food safe, um, let's find out if it's really doing that. Right. I mean, I you know, if you want to sell a vegetable, like, take it back to vegetable wash, because I think there's a lot of snake oil out there. Right. Um, there if you want to sell something, something that is going to make my food safe uh, from from bacteria or from viruses, um, you've got to be prepared to show some evidence. Right. Or or be careful about legal claims. And then the other actually the other thing that's wrapped up in all of this, too, is like we have we have what the science says. Right. But then we have we also have what the regulations will allow. And we've seen this with 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 various companies, including Dojo that I've done um, some work for and continue to work for, um, where they have to silo the the people who are talking about label claims from the people who are doing the science, because the science can say that X does Y, but you might not be able to say that X does Y from a from a label claim point of view, because that's actually breaking the law. Right. Right. And so we have so we have this this capitalism, and then we have layer on top of that. Um, government and then underneath all of this is this or I per- would say for this analogy it's underneath we have this whole scientific process and this whole process of peer review where our objective, which kind of harkens back to the earlier conversation as well as, as editors and as, and as reviewers, our job as reviewers is to be critical, right? To be fair but to be critical. And then our job as authors is to take that criticism and, and, and to not and to, and, to, and to respond to it in kind and hope, and hope that the editors can see that in fact the reviewer is a complete idiot, and that we're right, as opposed to when we're a reviewer, when we want the editor to think that the author is a complete idiot, right? <laughs> and I mean, I'm making a little bit of a joke, but it, but it but it it, it is, you know, I, I I I absolutely, and again, you know, we 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 ha- be, as scientists, we we play on both sides of that, right? Um, we play on the side of the author and the side of the reviewer. And we're often convinced that we're right. And I, again, I, I like to think I have an open mind, but I also know I, I'm probably, my mind is probably not as open as I think it is. Right. Right. <laughs> so right. How do you, how do you use control for that? Right. Except to say, well, you know what? I'm just going to, if I think about this too much, I'm going to be paralyzed and I won't be able to do anything. So I might as well do something. And what I can do is read this paper and, and offer up what I think are valid criticisms, um, and, and then, and hopefully don't overstep the line and don't, and again, it's hard, right? Cause you don't want to be, you know, and for those that don't know the scientific process, it's usually single blind. Um, and in case, in some cases it's double blind. So the reviewer knows who the author is in most cases, but the author does not know the reviewer in most cases, in some cases. The reviewer is also blinded to the authors, but you can generally figure out who it is uh, if you've somebody that you've looked at before because they have a certain style or they have a certain way of doing things, or you can at least figure out like, okay, they're probably this kind of scientist who does this kind of work, and and they're and they're writing this kind of paper, um, and then it, and that there's a new trend in peer review to have it be all open. It's like, well, so so now we're going to be open. Gonna say, so you're going to know that I reviewed your paper and I'm going to say nasty things or critical things. Hopefully not nasty things, critical things, and you. you're You're going to know who I am, um, which, which, which has its own fraughtness, right? But on the other hand, maybe it will lead to a higher level of respect, right? If, if I, if I know that you're going to know who I am, maybe I'm going to be as critical as I was, but maybe not quite be so nasty or so personal because I can, and again, this sort of relates to this whole, the whole discussion about social media and, and how people can be hide behind an anonymous account in social media and, and, and basically like say nasty stuff to people, right. Which is, which is not right. So anyway, I, I this is, this, I've got a lot of thoughts today, Ben. I'm no, not sure I... if any of them are coming out coherently, but, but that's where I'm at.
0: No, no, I, I absolutely. And, and I think that was, that you know, that was kind of the, the, the thought that I, that I had here was, was really trying to provide some insight on, on how we approach this stuff because, because it comes at us all the time. Right. And, um and, and I, 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 want, um, I, I'm getting, I'm uh, like, as I, and you, you probably like, uh, experience this as well, but as I get further into my career, I, I don't want to just be like the, the guy that answers that question. I just, I kind of want to be like a person who says, I, I, you, you, you can answer this question. Here are the things that I think about when I'm answering these questions, right? Like I want, I, yeah. I, I want less of, I want less work to answer the questions (laughs) yes, Um, and so so that was yeah that was it I
1: have knowledge let me share it with you so next time you can solve the problem yourself right right right. and 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 again you just you just sent me a couple of of, of things from FDA which makes me think there's a like a third side to this which is again a role that I often play which is an inspector comes into a company and I did one just the other day an inspector comes into a meat this is not FDA this is USDA but an inspector comes into a meat plant and says well you can't thaw that chicken at room temperature and the company has to thaw the chicken uh, to be able to rework it right so it comes in frozen they leave it in a room that's about 65 degrees or so and during the shift the temp the, the chicken thaws and again we've had this we've had multiple discussions about thawing poultry at room temperature I think we did a risky or not episode on this but the inspector was dinging this plant for thawing the meat at room temperature and so what did the company do well they actually went and collected some data and they sent me a ream of data of they they did multiple trials over multiple days with multiple packages a product and guess what the nature of frozen chicken is that it will thaw Uh, and sorry, Bianca's here and there's something very exciting going on, Uh, the chicken will thaw but it never actually reaches a temperature above about over a 12-hour shift. It never reaches a temperature over 30 degrees Fahrenheit and guess what? Salmonella does not grow at 30 degrees. In fact, even listeria does not grow at 30 degrees Fahrenheit and so on the one hand, oh yes, uh, this inspector is doing a good job by telling this company they can't do this. On the other hand, um, it's my job to help that company and say, well, actually no, you can do it Right. and here's the data. And here's the science and here's why so back off USDA you're being a little too aggressive here And yes in your interest in assuring safety you've actually gone too far right and and so and so we can show Scientifically that what this company is doing. It's not no risk right it's still raw chicken but there is no significant increase in risk from this practice now does that mean that they can store the chicken at room temperature for three weeks no it means that for this 12-hour shift which is the longest they will ever do it this is an acceptable practice right and and but again now i've solved that problem a couple times now i'm I'm kind of anxious for to not have to solve it again but at the same time you know, maybe, yeah, should we should, we should write something about that. And then, and then, and people, but again, but, but the problem is often these are one off solutions, right? And so, so I can do this solution for the, and again, this is in in my letter to the company, like for this company, for this practice, for this, these kinds of foods that come in at this temperature that are stored in this particular room, literally this particular room, here's the solution. But there, there probably is a more generic solution we could come up with as well, uh, you know, around the. Safe thawing of, of foods at room temperature. So anyway, I, that was a that was a little bit of an unexpected rant because you sent me a couple things that I think you probably want to talk about next, but it, it got me fired up.
0: Well, no, it, it's good. So, um, so this the this is my um. Uh, I want us to do uh, uh, a a b c c f f. <laughs> wait, wait, hang on, let me do it. FDA B CDC plus. I did it. I did it. So um and because there was something that you um that that you said about sort of label claims that we were, that we were talking about and i i religiously read Fda's warning letters I get I, I'm on I, and I, I say that I'm on a listserv I signed up for a listserv to get um, a, a, an alert every time that there's new warning letters that are dropped uh, from FDA because I love I love the warning letters we've we've talked on this podcast about them we've you know I use them as examples it really gives us insight into what Fda' is thinking Um, But but also it's it's like all out there in the public in the public realm. So so you so you mentioned label claims. I saw these two warning letters and I think we're going to we're going to use them for FDA B CDC plus. (laughs) So let I want to start with and and i i don't we'll, we'll see we'll see what your what your thoughts are here but i want to start with the one that i that is coco's holistic specialties and uh, Apothe, uh, apothecary uh,
1: can i can i just say already i i'm suspicious <laughs> <laughs> and I, I i'm sorry i'm sorry to 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 prejudge coco here um but i'm i'm a little suspicious uh,
0: yeah okay good well let's keep that suspicion so um, the warning letter is dated January 4th, unapproved and misbranded products related to coronavirus disease 2019, also known as COVID-19. Uh, this letter is to advise you that... So, ev- sorry, can we just
1: stop and say um, the recipient's email address is published in the warning letter? And let me just say, now I am further suspicious. The, the <laughs> recipient's uh, email address <laughs> is etsy at gmail.com. Very okay? official.
0: Very official. Yeah. So uh, we reviewed uh, FDA. This is advised you that uh, FDA and the Federal Trade Commission reviewed your website at internet address, uh, and it's not redacted. It's at coco's holistic specialties.org. On November nineteenth uh, org, I did not see that. Yeah, it's a yep, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, November nineteenth, and again on December twentieth or December seventeenth, we also reviewed your social media websites at your Facebook page, Twitter, where you direct consumers to your website. Uh, and I'm I'm uh, you know going through a little bit of this uh, quicker. FDA has observed that your website offers four thieves Florida tea concentrate. And four thieves Florida tea powder for sale in the United States, and this product is intended to mitigate, prevent, treat, diagnose, or cure COVID nineteen in people. Based on our review, mm-hmm. these products are unapproved new drugs sold in violation of the, you know they go through all the sections. Um, there and I, I so this is a good one, Don. There is currently a global outbreak of respiratory disease caused by novel coronavirus that has been named SARS-CoV-2. The disease caused by the virus has been named COVID-19. You know, the public health emergency. Some examples of the claims on your website that establish the intended use of your products and misleadingly represent them as safe and or effective for the treatment or prevention of COVID-19 include, quote, antiviral ongoing clinical research on the effectiveness against COVID-19. And then some testimonials, and there are some great testimonials. Uh, I want to read you one, Don. Quote, January, I decided to put aside her upwards of 20 different holistic plant-based product lines to focus on binge researching herbs from past pandemics, why they worked, what the similarities there are to CV-19. In January this year, when I heard... Of what later transpired in the novel coronavirus pandemic, had binge researched pandemics of the past and what had been used to remedy in those times. Uh, there were enough similarities between transhuman variations. I was so intrinsically inclined to acquire the, the herbs. I researched the original Marseilles, France, four thieves recipe. I next binge research. Have you heard of the term binge researching before dawn? Just- this person is doing a lot of binging. A lot of binge researching. Uh, they should get Netflix. Um, it, 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 that could augment to make it effective to COVID-19. Uh, the four, yeah, Going forward here in the in the warning letter, Four Thieves Florida Tea Concentrate is an anti-COVID herbal inoculation that is 100% plant-based. Um, and then my favorite one, I'm going to skip to the end. This is me singing because – it was the best way I could think to show my health 10 days after beginning my exposure to COVID-19 that I'm still healthy as a horse due to my antiviral herbal inoculation. Ah, so anyway, those are from the website um, that FDA includes in their uh, in their warning letter. They say FDA goes back to say you should take immediate action. And I, I added the tone there to address the violations cited in this letter. This letter is not meant to be an all inclusive list of the violations that exist. In connection with your products or operations, it's your responsibility to ensure the products that you sell are in compliance with the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act and FDA's implementing regulations. Um, it, they they go you know go on to say if you can't take immediate action to address this within forty eight hours, you have to state the reason for your delay. Um, you know, blah 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 blah. But um, Anyway, a warning letter. It's referenced. They go through all of the uh, things that are uh, about misbranding. I know this is a little outside of our normal FDA, BC, DC plus um, uh, uh, thing that we would normally look at for this uh, for this bit or segment. But, but I like – I'm telling you, I, I like warning letters, Don. I think they're super clear. I think the people that write them should also be involved in writing the consumer communication because they lay it all out there. They make a lot of references, and it's it's actually, like, not a lot of, you know, mincing of words. I'm going to give just in general – I'm going to give in general FDA wording letters an A and because they go through some of the really great um, uh, claims here and cut directly from the website, I'm going to give this uh, warning letter an A plus. Coco's Holistic Specialties and Apothecary. A yeah, plus. I
1: think, and I think probably for this particular episode, we should rename the segment. FDA CDER plus, <laughs> because this Deal. comes from FDA's Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, as opposed to FDA SIFSAN, who are the food safety people, right? And these these Cedar people are the same people that regulate, uh, and I know this because of the, the work that we've done with, with hand washing, these are the people that regulate antibacterial claims for hand soaps, right, and hand sanitizers. And so, uh, and, and do a lot of different stuff, but they would also be involved, obviously, if somebody had, was claiming that they had something that would prevent a disease because <laughs> it's right there in the name, a dr- or, dr- or not disease, but drug evaluation, right? So th- basically they're making drug claims, right? And they're making drug claims about these apothecary uh, concoctions. Um, and uh, you can't do that uh, without evidence. Otherwise, FDA CDER, yeah. or we, as we call them, Ceder, FDA CDER, um, will uh, get upset with you and uh, send you nasty letters. And,
0: and, I, and I, like, I mean, the whole point of this bit is nasty letters, but are also that are clear and well-written, Right. Oh, like, I, I yeah. think so for sure. And, 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 and cite back to here are all the rules that you are breaking. Right. Like, this is, th- this is really, I, I think this is good. And I know it's, like I said, it's different from what we would normally look at, but I'm going to go. I, 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 we needed something for this week. Uh, and, and this is what I picked. So I'm, I, that, you know, so what's your, what's your grade? Cause, oh, you know? my,
1: my grade of, of FDA, um, uh, FDA
0: no. CD C- 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 R- C- plus. Um, yeah. So,
1: well, I, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I generally don't like the cedar right. folks because I think they're wrong about <laughs> about a lot of stuff about hand washing. Um, so, well, let me let me also say, um, it's very funny. This is called Four Thieves," so. My wife and I have a regular conversation about... So one of the, one of the, the things that we're having to do in our new house is, is find um, places to buy, to buy alcohol. And, and, um, al- and my wife likes uh, cider, like alcoholic cider. And we, we still, to this very day, miss... Uh, the fact that we can no we cannot get a kind of cider that we got when we were in uh, Ireland, which when we first heard about the uh, the cider, uh, it was it was introduced to us by a lovely Irish um, I want to say stewardess that's not right a lovely Irish uh, weight person, who who said uh, oh yes uh, uh, it's it's Archer Teves. Um, it turns out she was saying orchard thieves, not <laughs> "archer thieves. So we have a regular regular joke in our household about uh, archer thieves cider. Um, uh, so that would be four thieves, I guess. Um, but uh, apparently uh, you cannot buy orchard thieves, archer thieves cider in the United States, um, which is very disappointing. And so we'll link to a change.org petition to have Heineken sell uh, uh, archer thieves cider in the United States. Um, uh, 1,374 people have signed it. So um, maybe I'll sign Today, but uh, anyway, so w- with with all of that, and we'll we'll also link to Coco's uh, Twitter account. Um, so yeah, interestingly, I'm just looking. I'm uh, so the w- the FDA thing is recent. Yeah, um, it was from last week. If you yeah. go to if you go to Coco's website, um, it doesn't uh, it, it 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 just says uh, coming soon. And I wonder if maybe the website was taken down in response to this. But now, oh, this is this is relatively new. They still have some time to do this. Yeah, I, I'm 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 really interested. Like, what uh, what what's going on at Cocos right now? That's what's most interesting to me. Like, what are they doing, right? Um, but I would say, no, I think this is good. And and this is you know these these guys are probably pretty busy dealing with snake oil that's coming up because of COVID nineteen. So now you you say you subscribe to these warning letters. Have you seen a lot of these kind of COVID nineteen related letters?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and and I I sent you a second one that's not quite as good content wise. Written well. Um, from River for Riverstone LLC, but I I would if you um, I'll send we'll we'll link to this um, in the in the show notes. But there's a database um, of these uh, warning letters, and um, going back there's there's actually uh, I'm looking at uh, the site here 2,726 total entries in warning letters, but almost every batch has two or three. Um, unapproved, Better. mislabeled COVID nineteen drug COVID-19, things. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. And this is where you know they yeah. It it's kind of a um, c- certainly keeping cedar on their toes uh, as they're um, it, as they're dealing with these. But it's, it's yeah. 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 If you if you search for COVID nineteen, you find that there's a hundred and fifty
1: entries out of those two thousand um, that that are, are specifically about uh, specifically about COVID nineteen. Yeah. So.
0: And so, I mean, and this, I, you know, I think this goes back to the, the earlier conversation of capitalism and, uh, and selling technology, right? Like this is just a, an extension of that. It's, it's not to the food industry, but it's to consumers who are legitimately scared and panicked about a, a pandemic and trying to do all the things that they can do and, and aren't, you know, sure where to go. But if someone comes and says, you know what, if you need, you know, you don't want to get the COVID, um, you should take my, uh, my four thieves or my four thieves, uh, and, 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 and do that because it'll, it'll, you can sing and there's only, this, this is the only real way that I can demonstrate to you that I did not, I'm as healthy as a horse that I didn't get sick. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you
1: go back, so if you search for, uh, in that database for COVID-19, um, you find that these go back to as early as March. And so th- that means that they're averaging probably on the order of about, uh, 15 or so a month. But the, the the oldest one is for Herbal Amy. The second oldest one is for the Jim Baker show, which I'm oh, now yes. really interested in clicking on. Oh, that's a good um, one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll link to that as well. Um, but this influenza sick is not, that is now circling the globe, you're saying that silver solution would be effective? <laughs> well, let's just say it hasn't been tested on this strain of coronavirus, but it's been tested on the other strains of coronavirus and has been able to eliminate it within 12 hours. To- Totally eliminates it, kills it, deactivates it. Yeah, from your video entitled "A Close Look at What's Not Being Said About Coronavirus Day One." Oh gosh! Uh, yes, there's a good, lot good job, of job uh, FDA Cedar. Uh, that's, that's that's oh, that's
0: actually FDA Sifsan. Not yeah, because that was not a drug-related one, right? Like that was right. uh, yeah, um, Silver Soul Liquid. Oh gosh! Um, so yeah. The, there's you know lots of people uh lots of people are trying to make money off of this off of this thing uh that, that we call uh covid-19 uh, so I, I had a couple other uh, other things one sure. um i got a um i got a like uh, as always a cool message from um from our friend Jess um from from mm-hmm. CDC and she sent oh, me no, a- not not
1: not 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 Jess
0: um, uh, Kegelian foculturist who's a different <laughs> No, Jess. different Jess, different Jess. She sent me... Um, no, d- d- uh, Jess, Jess uh, from, from CDC sent me a message that says, um, so I recently stumbled across this YouTube channel of a Canadian guy, Stealth Camping, and this guy's name is Steve <laughs> Wallace. And so he has a website called Camping wow. with Steve. Um, and I spent a little bit of time on this yesterday, actually. So there, it's, it's kind of a hilarious um the you know uh website uh let me send you a link to it and i'm gonna send you a video as well that uh for show notes so here's camping with steve um the video is coming your way now all right okay. always be camping i guess that's a little that's a it's a, a yeah. Glen gary glenn Moss reference exactly <laughs> always be camping abc always be camping um, so, uh, take back camping. Hi, I'm Steve Wallace and I've had a lifelong passion for camping, the outdoors, and in my later years, crap open a cold, cracking open a cold beer. My goal is to take back camping for the people and show a world that you don't need the most expensive or nicest gear to get out and explore the world. Um, and so he's got, you know, I, I went through his Instagram, he's got a whole bunch of videos, but anyway, Jess, um, sent me the message and said, It really sucked me in for some reason. In the latest video I watched, he was stealth camping under a bridge and he was cooking a steak on a propane grill with minimalist gear. And then all of a sudden, whips out a food thermometer, make sure it's at the proper temperature. I was like, OMG, Ben needs to know about this. Gotta be food safe even under a bridge. And so um, I I watched the video at nine minutes and 30 seconds. Um it's exactly like as just described it's exactly what he does he's cooking this he's he's got like um he, you know he's he's making like uh what what we call craft dinner in in, in uh, Canada he's making a steak uh he's got this little camping uh um pan uh, on this propane thing and yeah at 9 30 he whips out his I think it's a Taylor uh, thermometer to be like you know gotta gotta make sure that this steak is done if even if I'm camper camping under a bridge so th- this is the kind of stuff that I that I love about being in the the world of food safety um and where you know so many are just our network of so many different folks are you know thinking about these connections so I, I, I as always appreciate hearing from Jess um but but also especially when it's like this this weird Weird Food safety thing that we would never have come across. Camping under a bridge. Steve Wallace whipping out a thermometer. That's that's uh, you know citizen food safety that's happening right there. Yeah, this is this this is great. Um,
1: the, the 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 top comment, the most recent comment from two months ago. I have Netflix and they spend fourteen billion dollars a year creating content. But here <laughs> I am watching Steve camp under a bridge.
0: Oh my gosh! Absolutely. Uh, I
1: I love, I love this idea. It's like that, that, and you know, and, you know, I mean, and, and I actually the, the guy, the guy that's refinishing our floors is a guy that I know from scouting and, and both of us have kind of transitioned on from doing scouting stuff. It was fun to sit and chat with him about, about scouts. And I love the idea that yeah, you just you don't have to need you don't need a lot of fancy stuff. I'm not sure I would camp under a noisy bridge that would not be my my choice, but I, but I love the idea that this guy is just saying, look, you, you don't need a lot of fancy gear, but here's what you need to do yeah. just to be to be comfortable and to be safe. So and,
0: and just go like just do your thing, get out in the outdoors. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, so that that's all I kind of had. Do did, did we have any we have any feedback anything else uh, anything else? Oh, going um, on? Oh no, wait, no, I put something in hang on, hang on. Okay. I do have something. Sorry. I got something for you. Good. Okay, so there's something here in the um this this actually came to us uh from uh uh Deep New England, listener to the show Deep New England. And let me find the uh the email. Um The article is entitled, or sorry, the the, um, email is entitled, Holding Fresh Cut Produce Under Refrigeration May Not Prevent Pathogen Growth Implications for Time Temperature Control to Reduce Risk. Um, So Deep New England writes, Hi, Don and Ben. Happy New Year. After reading this article in the latest food protection trends, I'm wondering what to advise consumers who may have questions. Since right now, I'm not aware of any treatments being used to decrease pathogen growth adequately. Should people, especially those at higher risk, avoid consuming commercially available fresh cut, and I'm going to say produce. Um, Deep New England talks about fresh cut fruit, um, but but really the, the paper's about other, other things. Or limit it to mangoes. And so she sends us a link to uh, Food Protection Trends um, article that is entitled "Holding Fresh Cut Produce Under Refrigeration May Not Prevent Pathogen Growth: Implications for Time Temperature Control to Reduce Risk," and this was um, uh, um, written by Zhu um, uh, Zhao, Eleanor Hansen, and um, someone who, who we know, Barb uh, all at um, University of Wisconsin, and and so so this is th- so this is a really great paper. Um, for, first of all, because th- there is, uh, I, just to step back a little bit, um, there are a, a handful of foods that are referenced in the FDA food code that are fresh cut produce, uh, or not, you know, I'll put sprouts as well in, the, in this category that are d- determined to be, uh, foods that need time temperature control for safety, or in our world, we call it TCS and non-TCS foods, uh, and so so uh, cut melons, um, uh, cut leafy greens, uh, cut tomatoes, and sprouts fall into that that category. You and I have talked about this in the past about data that, that you you have, um, and I think you've published on cucumbers, maybe looking at um, at pathogen growth, especially you know the the idea of TCS foods is that um if you if you don't refrigerate them that they can support the growth of pathogens and uh at, at a, a quick enough you know um a, a, in in the environment that it, that they can grow a log of uh, you know, a log of pathogens, um, in, in you know, w- within four hours. And, and so, so Barb actually, Barb, no, I shouldn't say Barb, um, uh, 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 Bingju, Eleanor and Barb actually take this a little further and actually, and start to look at, you know, they, they have a really nice, um, uh, list of, um, you know, uh, pathogens and what, you know, where, where they're getting the pathogens from. They talk through what TCS foods are, and then they look at onions, peppers, mangoes, cucumbers, and tomatoes and, in uh, inoculate with salmonella, sugar toxin producing E. coli and listeria and, and really basically show that, um, you know, that, that you're, that, that growth, growth happens, um, uh, uh, of these, uh, you know, of these pathogens, um, and so I, you know, I guess I wanted to get your your thoughts. Um, of really, I think Table three in this paper is is probably the most interesting and, and important.
1: Yeah, so I I did some some digging um, into this in, to in response to uh, in response to Barb's message or uh, to sorry to uh, Deep New England's message, and I. I'm, so let, let me let me just read from from my email. So, yep. um, oh gosh, where where to begin to unpack this? So, we've 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 been doing some work with with Laura Strawn on listeria growth on intact produce, and I think. And this is related to some work that we've published. I published with my PhD student, uh, Matt Igo, when he was a, a master's student that I've talked about here before on the podcast. I really think, especially when it comes to, to fresh produce, we really need to think carefully about the experimental methodologies. And so, what Matt showed is independent of fresh produce, right? If you just take stainless steel surfaces and you suspend in this case, not even *Listeria*. This is just Enterobacter orogenes, which is our sort of go-to uh, generic Gram-negative organism, uh, non, non-pathogenic or, or uh, yeah, non-pathogenic uh, or B- BSL-1 organism. And you put it into various matrices that people might commonly use to inoculate bacteria onto food, like uh, PBS, uh, which is uh, uh, peptone-buffered saline and I forget the other one, um, uh, but, and also in distilled water, there are certain circumstances where if you put it in a high humidity environment at a warm temperature, you can see apparent bacterial growth. And so th- they shouldn't be growing. These are, these are, these buffers, uh, are shouldn't uh, allow the growth of microorganisms and yet they apparently do. And we can even see apparent growth in, in water. Um, which may have something to do with uh, the organisms that remain that don't initially die, being able to uh, basically utilize the dead organisms that are there as food and to cause the apparent concentration to increase. Um, And so I want to be... Especially with respect to whole and so again, let's for the listeners differentiate between whole and cut produce with cut produce It's not a surprise that organisms can grow because you've cut open the plant cells uh, Nutrients including sugars are leaching out and those nutrients are there to support microbial growth in whole produce It's a little bit more complicated because the the it's not as easy for the microbes to get access to the the plant cells and people have done some interesting work looking at movement of microorganisms towards stomata in leaves and things like that, which I, I don't really want to get into right now, but the idea is that whole produce is not necessarily a TCS food and that we shouldn't necessarily be seeing growth. And if we are seeing growth, it may be because of these, these, these inocula- inoculation techniques where we're actually giving the organisms potentially some food and potentially uh, water that will enable them to grow, okay? So now back to this paper. It's not a surprise to me that listeria grows on cut produce at five degrees C. We know that Listeria will grow at five degrees C. So this is this is absolutely not surprising. Um, it's also not surprising that salmonella grows at 10 degrees C. Okay. But and here's where this is a big but, and I'm really I don't I don't want to criticize Barbara or her team, but I think something is wrong here, okay? Because the the growth rates and the lag times that they report are much more aggressive than we would see in the literature even for the growth of the organism in nutrient broth mm. okay and that makes me think and again so you can you can plug in the approximate conditions they used into a tool like combase and you will see um the much slower growth and that is a red flag for me. That says to me that there is now it could be that there one thing that's really interesting about what they did here is they used a, r- a whole bunch of strains. Yeah. Way more strains than I would have used in an experiment like this, right? I again the rec- the NACMIF recommendation I think is 3 to 5 strains and they used dozens of strains. And so that's that's so that's one thing to think about. Um and also that's a potential problem. So uh, again, I would again, I I don't want to, I don't want to, I wouldn't call Barbara a close friend, but certainly she's somebody that I know that I would consider a colleague, but I do want to be a little bit critical here. I would check those, all of those cultures for purity, make sure that they are all really indeed salmonella and not something else, right? Uh, Because there are organisms that will grow this fast. They're just not ones that are salmonella. And then I would also want to be real critical, really sure that they've got the temperature right on their incubator, okay? Because you can you can get com-based data that will match their data, but not unless you increase the temperature from 10 degrees C to 14 degrees C. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot in terms of the growth of salmonella, mm-hmm, okay? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, too, is they, sh- they in one of their figures, they show um, increase in concentration of salmonella at five degrees C. Um, but there's large error bars on that and I'm, I'm not looking at the paper right now. I'm, I'm going from memory here, but the, but at the very last time point, there's very large error bars around that data point and the average is above a one log increase, but the definition proposed by NACNF, the National Advisory Committee on Microbiological Criteria for Foods on their challenge study, um, paper, um, would would proposes a definition of growth meaning a greater than one log increase for two subsequent time periods and so for this to constitute true growth they would have had to have seen an increase at an earlier time period or at a later time period which at an earlier time period which they didn't see and or at a later time period which they didn't measure Mm. okay and so i um yeah so i'm 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 Suspicious of this, but yeah, so on the one hand some of the results are not surprising on the other hand Some of the results are incredibly surprising and they're so surprising that it makes me doubt their their veracity Right, I and I'm I'm, I'll I'll be I'll keep an open mind But when the entire scientific literature for salmonella growth at 10 degrees C says one thing and one paper says another thing I'm inclined to think the problem is with the paper not with the rest of the literature
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so so I want to I want to push on the um, still looking at uh, at this table table three the twenty two degrees Celsius at un, for onion pepper mango cucumber and tomato so so we we already define to cut tomato as a we I'd FDA in the food mm-hmm. code defines cut tomato as a TCS food. And so, the, if that if that becomes our threshold, right? And again, the the growth rate that they uh, describe here is uh, for for tomatoes. And I'll look at salmonella as, uh, as the you know as one because uh, I'll, I'll compare it across these other ones at point four eight log uh, CFU per gram per hour. That's that's their growth rate, right? So so if we make the um, if we say okay, well that that's our index. Um, we get growth like on onion at 1.1 log CFU uh, per gram per hour and pepper at, uh, you know, cut pepper at 0.8. The mango is, is still getting growth at, but at 0.15 and cucumber is at 0.45. And so, so for me, I, I actually think that this, you know, this and some of the other you know, data that's that's out there that's that's referenced, and some of the stuff that, that you talked about, actually makes the case that we probably should be including onions, peppers, and cucumbers as uh, uh, in the same way. Cut onions, peppers, and cucumbers as um, a, a, as TCS foods, right? Uh, that that we can't use because right now I can cut an onion and leave it at room temperature in a in a in a um, in a restaurant setting. Really indefinitely. I mean, let's say it's seven days, right? Um, and and I think that this this actually this data kind of makes the case that that's probably not a good idea. And we've seen outbreaks linked to to onions, and we've seen outbreaks linked to uh, to cut pepper, and we've seen outbreaks linked to to cut cucumber. So I I I I don't know that to me this would be a starting point to to put together an issue. I'm I'm less. I'm less interested in the refrigeration. I'm more interested in these foods that that are listed here that that certainly are supporting the growth of all three of the pathogens um, that or all three pathogen um, types uh, at at 22 Celsius. I think we we probably need to include them as uh, as TCS foods that need refrigeration within four hours or put under I, time as a public health control. I,
1: but I thought this is. I thought cut produce was TCS already.
0: Nope. No, I mean oh. it, it's literally it's only tomatoes, melons, sprouts, um, and see and I, I, leafy I will, greens.
1: And I, there's another paper I need to publish that. that well, I will push back on sprouts. Um, w- sprouts actually don't support the growth of pathogens really all that well at all because they're loaded with microorganisms to begin with, right? The time when pathogens grow in sprouts is during the sprouting right. process, right? So right? Right? I think can actually make a case that sprouts are not a TCS. I've got a paper, I've got a manuscript that is sitting buried under many, many years of other manuscripts that have yet to be published, which basically says as much, right? Um, so sprouts are technically not a TCS food. But yeah, I don't, it's not, it's absolutely not a surprise that the, no. th- these all should be, in my mind, TCS foods. Now, the other thing I will point out, and again, this is this is, this is is just doing, doing science on the fly here. If you go into the combase model and you choose salmonella, and you choose a well it doesn't doesn't matter what the physiological state is but you just you choose 22 degrees C you choose a pH of 4.6 which is the upper end and you choose a water activity of 0.994 which is the upper which is the, the slightly above what they what they proposed from their measurement you do not see a growth rate of 0.48 log CFU per hour right you see a growth rate from the model of about half that mm. Hmm. Okay. And then the other thing I would say is we need we should look at um uh, a paper that we published on looking at specifically at salmonella growth on uh cut tomatoes. Um Let me just find it here. Um I hope if I could spell my name correctly, um, and, and I'm not sure that we 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 see again. I, I would I would trust not that I don't trust Barb's work, but I would have to say I don't trust um, I don't trust this particular paper. Um, let's see here, and again we I like to use figures rather than tables. Um, now we'd have to plug it into the model to see. So. Um, yeah, I, I th- but again, I, I always, this is why I think whenever people publish papers like this, they should number one, put the data into combase yep. browser, the combase repository. So other people can double check it. But, um, this just, this just, this something does not look right to me here. And I don't know what it is without seeing the raw data. All
0: right. Well, that yeah, that, that's the, that, I mean, that's good. That, that's a good check on, on this. Um, I I wonder, you know, I'm sure the folks that are uh, attendees of the conference for food protection, especially our industry folks that happen to listen to this podcast are probably hoping that we would not, you know, like, let's not add up more things to TCS food. But I, I agree with you. I mean, I think this is one of those things that, you know, it's not just this data set, but it rose it to the, to my mind again, that there are lots of foods that we don't consider TCS foods that certainly can support the growth of pathogens. And at room temperature that it's going to be, you know, a, a fairly high rate of growth com- com- you know, or matching the rate of growth that we've already determined when it comes to tomatoes or cut leafy greens that that says we we treat these ones differently. We probably need to treat all of them that look like this in the same in the same manner.
1: Yeah. And I would say um, cut produce is TCS
0: until proven not.
1: Right? Yeah, rather than the other way around. Right, right, right. And certainly for some of some products that are like pineapple, for example, is is a quite a low pH. Uh, uh, lemons, uh, I think probably cut lemons are probably not TCS, but you'd have to prove it first. So they're all in unless you prove that they're not. So, and yeah, and just quickly from, from our paper uh, from Pan and Schaffner. Uh, published in Journal of Food Protection in 2010, uh, and just sort of extrapolating from uh, Figure Two in that paper, we predict a Salmonella growth rate at uh, 0.25 uh, log CFU per hour, and and that which is about half of what uh, they're reporting here. So, and that's at 20, again, 22 I, I would be, I would be, yeah, that's at, that's at 22. So I would be a little suspicious. Now it's a little bit higher. So one of the things that we did in our paper, which I, I think is, is, is good here is, um, uh, comparing the, our data. So we have our data in tomatoes. We have the um, model that we made from our data and then we also have the PMP model as well as the the com base model um, and uh, yeah and PMP actually that was the yeah it looks like PMP probably represents our data the best but but it, it, the, even even if you choose even if you choose the PMP model uh, that's still it's less than 0.6 so it's still uh, square root uh, 0.6, so 0. 0.36. So it's still less, right? I mean, the bottom line is salmonella is growing at room temperature. Yeah, tobacco, right, right. No doubt about it. But but again, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little, more than a little suspicious. Oh, and this is ridiculous. So th- they're reporting a growth rate in onions of 1.1 right. log CFU per hour. It's a lot. It's That's fast. That's insane. Yeah. And pepper's 0. 0.8. Yeah, There's yeah. No yeah. way. That, that is well above what you see in broth right and there's that that's just there's something wrong with those data
0: well hopefully we'll uh we'll get our get our hands on what the raw data is to well you know i should i should reach out to barb
1: and get her uh see if she's interested in contributing the data to combase yeah yeah exactly that's a good there's, idea there's something right here
0: yeah um cool well that was that, that was my last food safety thing i wanted to highlight something that i told you about yesterday uh-huh. Um, but, uh, I, we, we, we have a follower on the, on the Twitter, um, someone named Proview Jim, uh, who is, uh, a, a guy named Jim who works on a software called Proview or is develops uh, something called Proview, I think. Um, and he writes, he wrote me a DM and said, you probably already brought, bought new microphones. Cause this goes back to our previous episode, um, where we talked about getting new n- microphones, but he said, you probably already bought new microphones. I would never advocate against new toys, but FYI, I mostly listen using headphones, which can bring audio issue, bring out audio issues and your audio has sounded great all along. I never would have thought that you were using eight-year-old entry-level mics. I sometimes <laughs> encounter podcasts that need some audio production love, but yours is not one of them. The content is great, of course, um, You know, by the way. And so I, I loved that and said, thanks, Jim. I said, no new mics yet, but we're hoping it makes it sound even better. And his answer or, to, or his response to that was, don't F it up, <laughs> redacted. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, we, we, Don and I have not currently, um, purchased new mics, but I still think we're going to investigate it. And I promise that we will not F up the audio. We will not make it worse. We we can only make it better. And if it sounds worse, then we'll go back to our old ones. <laughs>
1: Well, and the only – what really brought home – as we we talked about this before, the only thing that really brought home to me how bad the audio was was hearing our audio alongside our wonderful uh, colleagues on the Dubai Friday um, holiday party and the wonderful, wonderful sounds of of their nice, warm, uh, appropriately – in rooms that were appropriately damped um, for sound (laughs) as opposed to my echoey office and and my uh, 8-year-old or whatever entry-level mic. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah, one, one hundred percent. And that it made me kind of jealous about how great everyone had sounded. So, so maybe we're still, we're still, we'll still look for new mics because new toys are always fun. Uh, I think that's a show. I think so. All right. Well, um, yeah. Go, uh, go, go to the internet and see the rest of our shows. All the good stuff. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Don, it's always good. We, we recorded some risky or not yesterday, uh, did this today. So I feel like we've, we, we, we're, we're right back into the, you know, post-holiday swing of, of chatting with each other. But as always, it's, it's fun to catch up and talk about things that are going on. Um, so, um, yeah. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.
1: This show doesn't really have. This show has sort of evolved endings over the years, yeah. but uh, it's risky or not. It's very. It's like you're in, you're out, and you're on to the next one. The show I, is uh, it's
0: more meandering. It way more. That's the that's the show. That's that's part of the. That's what that, that's what people come here for. Um, okay, let's take a look at stuff here. So today is the seventh. Uh, we did look at. We tried to get some stuff that week of the the 18th already, right? For risky mm-hmm. or not. Are you What so, about
1: what about a week today?
0: I can't do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. Okay. Oh, oh that cuz yeah. TV. Yeah, cuz of TV. Um did we but but you know like I I would I I it's not like we're going anywhere. Do you want to try and do like Monday MLK day like in the afternoon or something? That's fine with me. Yeah, let's let's try for that in case like I don't know if maybe Danny has some plans and that'll change, but why don't we go with like three to five or something? So if I so if I do okay. go mountain biking, it'll be like I'll I'll do it before then. Does that work?
1: That works, absolutely. Okay.
0: Oops. I just wrote down MLK, but it's really F S T. FST. FST. Um, okie dokie, um, I am, I have this awesome, like, my calendar is so good right now, Don, I can't tell you. I got,
1: I got like, I'm jealous,
0: food Covey net stuff to work on, but I don't have anything else the rest of the day. I don't have anything tomorrow except for a call at three. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to sit here and, and try to plug away at things and get this all posted and up. Now that I'm, cool. yeah, uh, that's all we need to talk about, right? <laughs> I think so. Um, so, did you? I, I was kind of the, uh, Let me let's ask. Let me ask about this. So, when we were recording, uh, risky or not, I told you I had like you know all of the parliamentary things going on in the background. I didn't oh Jesus Christ. Right. But I didn't realize, like literally as soon as I turned it off, I didn't realize it was like chaos was just happening at that time. Right. Like, right. like it was it, we we finished and I was like, wait a second. Oh, there's some protesters outside. Okay, whoa, hang on. They're inside now. People are getting evacuated. It was it was insane. But that was all like, you know, kind of I I kept the, the um the news window open in my Hulu on my mm-hmm. on my computer. And then all of a sudden, like, whoa, that was it was wild. I had trouble with the rest of the day after that.
1: Yeah, but, I fortunately stayed away from uh, television um, and then just briefly dipped in before bed and saw that it was that Congress was still in session and then woke up at 3.30 in the morning, which I often do, to discover that uh, <laughs> finally at 3.45 or something, everything was all
0: signed and delivered. What a, what a day. It was, Yeah. We, we watched, um, I don't know, like basically didn't turn it off I, except for my, uh, did I mention I ran 9.3 miles? I didn't watch during that hour <laughs> and 45 minutes of running. <sighs> what? I did, but, your, did your kids watch? Uh, yeah, they did. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We had a whole, we had a what whole conversation. They,
1: what did, what, did, what well, did they think
0: about it? I, I mean, I think that, you know, they, they have a couple of. They have a couple of parents who are constantly talking to them about this stuff and oh, exposing man. them to, yeah. And, and I mean, they listen to Pod Save America with us a lot. So they they have, like, I, I think a, an understanding of the the climate of what's happening. I think Sam, I told Sam, I was like, you know, this was mid-afternoon. I was like, someone died. Like, this is not just, like, people you know, going into the Capitol building, you know, it, it, this is a, this is like serious, serious stuff. And he's like, Holy, you know, someone died. And I was like, yeah, it was. And then, you know, later on we found out there was like four deaths, but at that point I was like, it's, it's a, I I think that that surprised him. Um, but they did, I mean, they probably watched a couple hours of it with us. Um, and, and just, I, you know, I, I think it's for, for uh, like, for us as adults, it's striking because the context of this is something wild, right? Like this is something out of the norm. For them, they have consumed so much politics and news TV over the last four years that this is not – I don't think it's as shocking to them as it is to us. It's not and, – and I'd say shocking, not like surprising whatsoever. But it's still very unsettling to see like, you know, uh, you know, terrorists in, in, in the middle of the, uh, uh, of the capital and uh, evacuations and, and just hearing the interviews with lawmakers about what, you know, what, what they were feeling that that was unsettling. I, I like literally think between everything that, that my kids have consumed over the last four years in the midst of this administration, that wasn't as shocking to them. Like this is right. 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 You know, which is really weird. Right. Like, like yeah, well,
1: it's, it's one thing to have lived for 40 or 50 years and have had four years of Trump. It's another thing to be like 10 or 12 yep. and have lived for four years of Trump. Right.
0: Yeah. Like this is the norm. Like they don't, they don't actually yeah. remember another administration. Um, and, and don't, you know, wow. and don't, they don't have a context of, of, uh, 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 yeah, of, of everything, like of what things were like before this <laughs> at all. So, right. It, yeah. Right. Um so we but we did have a good history lesson in talking about um the last time that the Capitol building was breached in such a way were um the the British but also not really the British it was the Canadians uh and uh burning it down as well as the White House in the war of 1812 so the one the wait, one no, But yeah. you don't
1: call you're not supposed to call it the war of 1812, right?
0: It's the No no, we call it the war of 1812. It's the one we won. It's the <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Wait, I I thought, it, I thought you guys called that something else. No, I'm pretty sure it's the war of – yeah. War of – I think we – There's one there's one more that you guys have a – that you guys, I mean, that Canadians have a different name for. Yeah, we uh, – I, I think we call it uh, – uh, where is it? Yeah, I'm pretty – I mean, we we refer to it as the War of, of 1812. Like, I mean, we, Danny and I do. Maybe Maybe others call it something different. Um, the, it it was a part of the Napoleonic Wars, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking on the, on the, but that's where all of our forts came Mm -hmm. from. Like in (laughs) (laughs) Niagara Fort, Fort Erie, which is a place that we cross into the U S at all times. There's a really cool fort that I used to like, I used to visit when I was a, a kid called old Fort Henry, which is in Kingston, but that's all war of 1812, you know the war of why well, maybe we'll just call it the war of American aggression or something.
1: <laughs> I thought that's what, I thought that's what you called it.
0: I know, no, no. It's it, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you're getting the, the, the world, the, um, what people in the South call the civil war, um, you know, mixed up with, which is the, I believe they call it the, the war of Northern aggression,
1: Northern aggression. Yeah. 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 That, no, that I know. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, French and Indian War? I guess. Yeah, War of 1812. There yeah. it is. Yep. I don't know.
0: Um, but anyway, that just uh, as a reminder, that's the one we, we beach at. <laughs> hey, man,
1: could, could you guys come and take us over again? <laughs> Apparently,
0: it's really easy to take over the
1: capital. I'm sure you guys could do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, you're mostly all white, right? Right, so right. just like sneak up and, you know, and, and there was even a guy that looked Canadian, right? You see the picture of that guy? Yeah. With the the thing on his head. The, I don't even think the, you need to sneak uh, up the apparently. On
0: his head. They just let you in. Yeah. When it's uh when whatever. Yeah, well
1: you 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 know what you do is you'd all, you'd all come down, you'd you'd gather politely, you'd knock, and then you'd come in and then just sort of take over. Yeah, would, I mean,
0: I'd I'd vote for you. <laughs> I think it's what happened with the the opposite of what happened in Canadian Bacon, the wonderful uh, movie with John Candy. Um do you, do you know that movie? No, I I know of that movie. Oh, it's a great, it's a great movie. I think it was John Candy's, um, the final film release starring John Candy. It's, I mean, it's, it's one of these movies that is like terrible, but also excellent. Um, yeah. a a 1995 American Canadian comedy film written, produced and directed by Michael Moore, which satirizes Canada and U S relations along the Canada U S border. Um, it's gotta be streaming somewhere it has a very good uh rating rotten tomatoes if you're uh, 14% <laughs> after oh, there you go yeah after generating solid laughs during its first hour canadian bacon falls apart in its third act <laughs> oh, anyway yeah check out canadian bacon um, all right. Well, I will – so so we are good. We're good for um, Risky or Not recording. We're good for recording food safety talk. I will edit yep. this and get it up today. Send me the show notes when you get a chance. Um, I didn't get oh, any – yeah. yeah. The,
1: they're already in there. They're oh, perfect.
0: There. Yeah, awesome. Links and, and titles are already in. Cool. All right. We'll have a good good rest
1: of your right. week. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye.